Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 174 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from January 17th, 2017. It's titled, Second Post for the Deming Institute Blog, The Failed Livonia Philosophy. Now, earlier this month, I wrote about and shared my first blog post that I wrote for the W. Edwards Deming Institute blog. And that post was titled, Why Dr. Deming's Work is So Important to Me. And you can find that uh, back in episode 169 of this um, series, if you would like to hear that. Um, Yesterday, they published the second in my series of uh, three posts for them. This one is titled, The Failure of the Livonia Philosophy at My GM Plant. And here is that blog post. As I wrote about in my first post, my first job out of college was at the GM Livonia Engine Plant, just outside of Detroit. General Motors wasn't my ideal workplace after having read Deming's Out of the Crisis and learning a bit about lean manufacturing in college. If possible, I wanted to work in something closer to the Deming environment, but I needed a job, so I cast a wide net. To my surprise, during the interviewing process, GM promised me a different type of workplace, one that existed at least in this plant, one based on the Deming philosophy. I was probably the only kid coming out of college who recognized or cared about that, but it really mattered to me. Now, sadly, it didn't take very long to realize that the plant had a very traditional management style, very traditionally combative labor management relations, and a typical blame and shame command and control environment that made people miserable and didn't deliver quality to the customer or any of the right business results. What had happened? Well, I was told that Dr. Deming had taught some workshops within GM, particularly the powertrain division in the 1980s. A forward-thinking plant manager modified the Deming philosophy to create something called the Livonia philosophy. But after a period of success, that plant manager was promoted, and the new plant manager, I was told, essentially hit the undo button on all of the Deming stuff. There was certainly not much evidence of it in daily life. There were still posters in the hallway glass cases celebrating the new approach, but it was no longer the daily reality in the plant. And I've blogged about some of the problems and chaos Um, On my blog before, you can find a link to that and all of these posts by going to leanblog.org slash audio174. One of my colleagues gave me a copy of a quote-unquote Livonia philosophy handbook that was gathering dust, and I've kept it to this day. The first page says, the Livonia operating philosophy is born from, quote, A changing business environment requires that together through trust, communication, and respect for the individual, we will build an organization supportive of all employees and the development and utilization of their knowledge, ability, and skill towards the achievement of personal as well as organizational goals, end of quote. I think, wow, that sounds very much like the Toyota production system and lean management. Toyota talks about respect for people or respect for humanity as being an equally important pillar of their Toyota way management philosophy, with the other pillar being continuous improvement. The Livonia plant didn't have a lot of trust and mutual respect. Without that, the communication mainly came in the form of yelling and screaming when results were poor. Speaking of continuous improvement, my GM plant also had a very traditional suggestion system, not a Kaizen-style approach to improvement. It certainly wasn't a culture of continuous improvement. There wasn't really any quality culture to speak of. People weren't working together toward personal and organizational goals, and that environment was, I'd say, management's fault. The Livonia philosophy, as written, not practiced, also sounds like lean and the goal of utilizing 
um, all people's skills and creativity as we practice in the Kaizen model. Toyota sometimes talks about the primary goal of improvement efforts to be learning and the development of people, with improved metrics being a secondary goal. I think what a progressive view that was back in the 80s. It's a shame that it was long gone by 1995. And I'd say, thanks for misleading me in the job interviews, GM. The document continues by saying, inherent in these goals is the production of a high quality competitive product in a clean and safe plant, contributing to the success of Cadillac and its employees. We didn't have high quality. The data and the many quality spills, as they called them, prove that. The plant wasn't clean. The floors were slippery with oil and grease. I slipped and fell once. And I still wonder if I harmed my health by breathing air that was full of coolant mist, something the union complained about constantly. Safety wasn't the primary focus. Making the production numbers was more important, as I saw demonstrated in many ways. The document continues. In committing to the above philosophy, we recognize the development of the Livonia plant environment to be a dynamic process. Our success will be dependent upon support from the entire Cadillac organization in the consistent and patient application of this philosophy. So instead of development, we got regression, apparently. If this philosophy was really the right approach for the business, how could it slip away? How could GM install a new plant manager who was apparently so willing to undo that progress? The same thing happens today in some healthcare organizations. As I blogged about previously, there was one hospital system that had been written up as a success story, a lean success story, in a major healthcare publication. Less than a year later, a new CEO came in from the outside and disbanded the internal lean program. A similar thing happened with one of the hospitals I featured in the first edition of my book, Lean Hospitals. When a new CEO came in, it made it clear that lean was no longer needed. I guess it goes to show how difficult it is to change an organization's culture and how fragile that new culture can be. Have you lived through similar situations before? What can we do to prevent similar situations in the future? So I'd love to have you uh, comment either on uh, my blog at leanblog.org slash audio 174 or go to the Deming Institute blog that I've linked to. You can share a comment there with the Deming community. And um, as always, I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, please leave us uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you find and listen to these podcasts. And as always, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can email me, mark at leanblog.org.